welcome back. I hope you've had a great week. We are going to read from our devotional, Five Minutes with Jesus, Quiet Time for Your Soul by Sheila Walsh with Sherry Craig. And today's title is another intriguing one. And it is, As a Mother Comforts Her Child. And um, I'm curious to see how the Lord's going to talk to us. So let's just get started. It seemed to sneak up on me overnight. One moment, Christian was a little boy who needed his mom for so much, and the next, he was off to college, independent, confident, and strong. One morning, I sat in my favorite chair with a cup of tea, looking through old family photo albums, remembering some of my favorite moments from his childhood. There was the Alaska trip when Christian was nine years old. Part of our trip package included dog sledding. The chief musher asked Christian if he would like to direct the sled. When Christian looked at me, I said, go for it. You can do it. If you fall, I'll be right there. I must have said that a hundred times as he was growing up. If you fall, I'll be right there. Now I say a variation of it in my prayers for him. Thanking God that if Christian falls, his heavenly father will be right there. We can find great comfort in thinking of God as our Father, but did you know when God wanted to describe how he comforts his children, God compared himself to a mother? In the book of Isaiah, God had some difficult things to say to his children, the Israelites. Despite his loving care for them, they had stubbornly rejected him over and over again. He had sent his messenger, the prophet, the prophets to call his children back to him, but they didn't listen. Finally, the time came when the Lord decided to let his children have their own way. But the Israelites had forgotten something important. The same God they were rejecting was the one protecting them. He warned the Israelites that when he removed his protection, their, their enemies would sweep in and take them into captivity. It was terrifying, heartbreaking news, and God knew it. He couldn't bear to deliver it without comforting his children. And when he did, he used his imaginary, his imagery, I'm sorry. He used his imagery. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. One of the most precious blessings of taking time to replenish our souls, our souls in God's presence is the tender comfort he offers us when we are hurting. It's so easy to run to a thousand other places when our hearts are wounded. But our compassionate God wants us to come to him. He wants us to trust him with our wounded hearts. Will you allow him to comfort you today? If you fall, he will, he'll be right there. And every one of our scriptures comes from the book of Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to start with chapter 40 and verse 1. And it says, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Mm. Mm. Then we're going to go to uh, verse 9 of Isaiah chapter 40. And it says, O Zion, thou bringest good tidings. Get thee up into the high mountains. O Jerusalem, that bringest good tidings. Lift up thy voice with strength. Lift it up, be not afraid, say unto the cities of Judea, of Judah, sorry. Behold your God. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. 
Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 11. And it says, He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. And that are with young um, simply means he's going to nurse the young ones. I am reading from the King James Bible as well. Isaiah 40, chapter 40, verses 27 and 28. And it says, Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speaketh, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God? Question mark. And my judgment is passed over from God. And this text means the justice due me is passed away? Question mark. Hast thou not known... Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. Hmm. Let me read that again. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching in his understanding. Mm. Wow, such powerful scripture. And then we're going to read 29 and 31. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they, <laughs> but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. I'm sure we can all quote that because we've all, I'm sure at some point in our life referenced that scripture. What a mighty, mighty, powerful scripture that is. Oh, so good. So good. Wow. Y'all, are y'all seeing a pattern with our devotions? I'm seeing it. And I mean, I'm seeing it. I mean, you can just look at the last few titles and the scriptures he's given us. And now this one, he is truly letting us know he has got us. He is going to take care of his children. And sadly, there's going to come a time when some of his children that he loves, that he's tried to protect, that won't know part of him, that's on them. Because he is wanting to protect us. He is wanting to take care of us. And how many times have I told y'all that the Lord has used my role as a mother Um to kind of help me understand my relationship with him. It's so true. I mean, if you're a mother, you understand exactly what she's saying in her devotion as and how she's referencing the Lord. Yes, he's our father. And fathers are so important. Um, but they have a different importance in our relationship. Um they're the strong protectors. Yeah, they support us. They are there to, you know, work, feed us, you know, all of that, which is so vitally important. 
but there's just something about a mama, okay? There's just something about that mama and her babies that you don't mess with her babies. You just don't mess with her babies. I mean, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, find you somebody, look at some animals and try to mess with their babies. We used to have a lab years ago and um, she had babies, she had puppies. And she was okay with me helping her deliver her baby, her puppies. It was the first time I'd ever helped deliver puppies. Didn't have a clue what I was doing. I had done a little research and this is way before Google was a thing, you know. But um, I helped her, you know, birth her babies and everything. And uh, she was fine with that. She was okay with Delana. But our neighbor, who she knew very well, um, seen him every day we live close to each other. She's seen him every day. She knew him very well. Well, when he came over, it was a different story. He, She did not want him to come around her babies. She was very, very protective of her babies. And that's just how I imagine the Lord with us. He's very, very protective of us. He, um, he wants to take care of us. And I highlighted a few things in here that really like I understood could relate to personally. Um, when it says, finally the time came when the Lord decided to let his children have their own way. Sadly, I've been there. I just, the Lord tried with me. He tried, he tried, he tried, he tried. But you know, he gives us free will. And I've told y'all many times, he will not force himself on us. And yes, he can do anything, okay? He could have handled me completely different. He could have forced me and I would not have known any difference because it, it would have been perfect the way he did it. But he gave me free will. And in that free will, there came a time when I was stupid. And I know that's a strong, harsh word, but I was. I was just outright stupid um, and thought I knew better. That I was, I didn't need the Lord. I didn't want the Lord. I didn't want no part of that in my life. Um, because all I had ever known was what people had tried to force on me and tell me. It I was never raised that this thing with God was a relationship. I was raised very, very strict. You did what you were told, how you were told. I didn't care if that's how you felt, if you agreed with that. They didn't even give you reasons. It was just black and white. This is what you do and this is what you don't do. There was no gray area. And I wanted no part of that. I was like, no, it is not for me. I do not want that, you know, and I walked away. And thought I knew best. Thought I knew better. But thankfully, the Lord being wise and so full of grace and mercy in that time. He would keep his hand on me. And I think he knew it had to be. Or maybe it didn't have to be, but that's the way it was. But he could still use my mess to fix me, to change me, to minister to me, to teach me what he wanted to 
get me on the path that he wanted me to be on and he could make a message out of all the mess that I created that he was going to be able to get in there and clean it up and fix it and work on it. And none of that was going to go to waste. It was not going to be in vain, but instead, okay, now we're going to use your life and your mess to help others who maybe feel like they're the only ones that have been there. Maybe they're the only ones that have felt that way. Maybe they're the only ones that have been down this path. He in turn used my mess of a life after much cleaning and getting it. I'm on the path. That does not mean I'm perfect and I stay strictly on the path and that I never mess up, but I'm on the much better path than I used to be. It says, but Israelites had forgotten something important. The same God they were rejecting was the one protecting them. That's true. I wasn't thinking about the one that had kept me and protected me through so much of my life was now the one that I didn't want no part of. That was me. I totally understand that. Um, but as the verse says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Even though I went a direction that was not pleasing to God, was not ordained by God, was not what he had chosen for my life, but because of my free will, because I went that way, y'all, he still kept his hand on me. And there were so many times that I would just, I didn't want it. I didn't want it because I didn't feel worthy, okay? It wasn't that I thought that I was above anything that could happen to me. A lot of my rejection of wanting his grace and his mercy was because I truly knew I was not worthy of it. That's what it all boiled down to. But thank God he does not give us what we're worthy of. Amen. Thank God our grace and mercy does not depend on what we're worthy of. Because if we're completely honest, we would never be worthy of it. Thank God he did not die for us based on how worthy we were. He knew we were going to mess up. He knew we were going to make mistakes. And yet he chose to die on that old rugged cross, a horrible, painful death, and shed his blood for us to cleanse us. Even though he knew, he knew there was going to be so many that were going to reject him, mock him, hate him, curse him, blame him. He still did it because he loves us. Because that's what we as a mother would do for our children. I don't care. I told y'all a few devotions back about the time that me and my mother were not on speaking terms. There is no doubt in my mind, even in that state that we were in, that had somebody came to her and said, Donna's in a hospital dying. She needs one of your organs, like a kidney or something. There is no doubt in my mind my mother would have showed up and she would have done it. No questions asked. No doubt in my mind because she loved me that much. She never stopped loving me. Didn't matter how far I went, what I did, it didn't matter. She never stopped loving me. Same thing with God. It doesn't matter how far we've gone astray, what we've done, where we've been. And I've been in some horrible places. I've done some horrible things. Things that thank God he's not even had me share. Because <laughs> I'm so ashamed of it. But he loves 
me anyway. And he loved me through all of that. He never stopped loving me. Even though I didn't love myself. Even though I was not worthy in my eyes. He never stopped loving me. And as a mother comforts her child, child so will I comfort you. And he does. Every day. Every day. He offers us. God's presence is tender comfort he offers us when we are hurting. It's so true. It's so true. And sometimes, yeah, it's self-inflicted. It's brought, we bring it on ourselves, the hurt. I brought a lot of stuff on myself just because of my attitude. And I was just in a bad way. And I brought so much of it on myself. But as soon as I turned to him, he didn't stand there with his arms crossed, looking down his nose, all judgmental at me. But instead, he wrapped me in his arms and he loved me. He loved me. He let me cry. He let me sob. He let me get all of that out. He didn't stand there over me with a, as a lecturing me and I told you so. And if you'd only listen. None of that. Instead, he wrapped me up in his arms and he loved me. God's presence is the tender comfort he offers us when we are hurting. It's so easy to run to a thousand other places when our hearts are wounded. It is, y'all. It's so easy. But our compassionate God wants us to come to him. He wants us to trust him with our wounded hearts. And that's what I had to get to. That's the place I had to get to. Because quite honestly, I had exhausted all other options. If I'm just being real. I had exhausted all other options. I tried the drugs. I tried the alcohol. I tried the clubs, the parties, the friends, the this, the that. I tried it all, okay? I tried it all. Nothing fixed my broken heart. Nothing bound up my wounded, broken heart until I ran into God's arms. That was the, the fix. Y'all, there was... I was in such a way that I would go to my doctor. I, I At the time, he's retired now, but I was very close to um, my gynecologist. He saved my life literally physically give me back my quality of life and we just had a, a bond and we were we were close and I had used him for years and I would I remember going into his office making an appointment going into his office sitting down at him in his office and just crying and just telling him how miserable I was and he would tell me Donnie you're depressed and you know he would give me pills. He would give me antidepressants. He would give me, you know, what he thought would fix me. And I'm sure depression was a big part of it because depression is very real. And when you're going through things, it's so easy for that to come up on you. Um, but no amount of pills work. I mean, I would go back and say it's not working and he would change me to a different kind of pill. Nothing worked because what I needed no medication could fix. 
Now, I'm not telling you don't take your medication. That is not what I'm saying at all. I'm not saying it at all. I'm just saying where I was at, at that particular time, there was not a pill that was going to fix me because trust me, I, I tried them, okay? I was addicted to Xanax. I would pop pain pills and drink and whatever I could do to numb the pain, I did it. It didn't work. I tried smoking pot. I was smoking cigarette, anything that I could do to distract. Y'all, I went crazy. I, I got, I got tattoos. I got piercings. I don't even have some of the piercings that I had, but I was doing any and everything I could to divert the pain that I was feeling inside. When Jesus was the only one that was going to be able to fix that. I had to hit rock bottom. I had to hit rock bottom. And a, the start of my rock bottom was um, one of the nights that James and I went to the casino with a friend and I was, y'all yeah, was so drunk, so drunk. I was down in drinks. Um, and I remember walking out to the car. He was having to hold me up. I was staggering so bad. Now, we were dating at this time, um, and I threw up in the parking lot. How attractive, right? Uh, I remember being in the back seat in the floorboard, leaning out of the car, him holding on to my belt loop as I'm puking my guts up. I threw up so much, and I know this is ugly, and it's, it's maybe TMI for some of y'all. I'm sorry, but this is how ugly it was, okay? I threw up so much. I busted the blood vessels in my eyes because I didn't throw up just that night. I threw up for days. I was sick for days. And it was that night that he and I were sitting in the backseat of my friend's car. We were waiting on her to come out to drive us home. And I told him, I said, I'm alive right now because my granny, no doubt, is up praying for me. And I made a promise right then and there to God. I said, if you will let me live, I will never drink again. And I looked at him as best I could in that situation. And I told him, I said, if this is the girl you want, and this is a life you want, I'm not your girl. Because I was not created to live a life like this. God wants more for me. And I, I passed out in the back seat got home and I continued to throw up for a couple days and I remember going to my mama's house and walking in there with my eyes with all my blood vessels busted and you know making up the excuse of I had a really bad stomach virus and I'd been throwing up but I'm better now but that was the pivotal moment in my life where God began to do a work in me but y'all I had to hit rock bottom and thankfully, James understood. He supports me. And he he's my biggest cheerleader. He's in my corner. He cheers me on. He understands I have to have my time with God. He understands when I go into the prayer, my prayer closet. He understands my devotions. He understands because he has also seen the change in me. That man has lived with me and seen the change in me. 
because he knew me before God began a work in me. He knew the moment that God started a work in me and he lives with the person that God is continually working on. He's seen a lot. And I thank God for him. I thank God for a man who understands when the Lord begins to do a change in you because I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends. I've had to cut ties with a lot of people. But when God does it, he does it so seamlessly. Um, and his ways are perfect. We can truly trust and, and count on him because his ways are perfect when he does it. But it had to get ugly. It had to get nasty and ugly and dirty and just, I had to reach that point to where I didn't care what God had to do, but only God was the answer. Nothing else was the answer. James wasn't the answer, the drugs, the drinks, the lifestyle, the friends, the partying, whatever. None of that was the answer. God was the only answer. And I thank him every day that he didn't give up on me. Am I perfect? Absolutely not. But I am not where I used to be. I am not that person anymore. And the only reason I bring any of it up is to testify and to show what God can do. I am living proof of the change God can make in a person's life. I'm, I'm there. I am living proof that he can take the mess that we create ourselves and make a message and you will never know whose lives you touch by sharing your story. I'm living proof of that. So I don't care where you're at in your life. I don't care if you feel like you've gone too far. The fact that you still have air in your lungs means you haven't. There's a chance. Talk to God. Talk to God. He's ready. He wants to comfort you. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to trust him with your wounded heart. We got scripture to back it up. He loves us. And he wants to help you. And maybe you have someone in your life that was where I was at. Um, my best advice to you would be pray for them. Be an ear and pray for them. They don't need judging. They don't need condemning. They don't need um, I told you so's. What are you doing? None of that's going to work. The most powerful thing you can do for them is pray for them and let God. And it's hard to do. I know. It's hard. It's hard when you see your loved ones going down a road. Pray for them. Pray a hedge of protection over them. Pray for them. Don't stop praying for them. But love them. And if they come to you, don't sit there and preach to them. Love them. Love on them. Because I promise you, the world that they're going out there is not condemning them, getting in their face, telling them, I told you so, preaching to them. This, they're accepting them. I'm not saying you have to accept the way they're living as it's okay. No. But you can love on them. You can love on them. Love on them and pray for them. That's my best advice. <laughs> From experience, it's my best advice. 
because when I did come back to my mama and we started talking and everything, not one time did she condemn me. Not one time did she look down her nose at me. Not one time did she throw anything up in my face. But instead, she wrapped me in her arms and she loved me. And she never stopped praying for me. So do with that what you will. This went a completely different direction than, well, I never have it planned, but I didn't know the Lord was going to take it here. But wow, y'all, he's so good. He's so good. He loves each and every one of us so much. Y'all, I'm nobody special. He didn't do something for me that he won't do for anybody else. I don't have this special membership with the Lord. Mm -mm. What he did for me, he'll do for others. I pray that others don't have to go down the way that I did to get to where I'm at. But... What he did for me, he'll do for others. He loves all of us. He's no respecter of person. He loves us all the same. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done. Just come to him and let him love you. Let him bound up your wounded heart and love you. I love you. And I pray you have a most amazing day. I hope that you don't judge me too harshly um, for being real and raw. Um, my life has not been very pretty. There's been a lot of ugly times. But you know what? I can honestly tell you I would not change a thing because one slight change may change who I am today and where I'm at today. And I would not change where I'm at with the Lord for anything. I wouldn't, and I don't tell what I've been through bragging. I'm not bragging about it, but I just want you to know that when you see me on a devotional channel, <laughs> I am proof of what a cleanup job God can do in somebody's life. That's it. And it's not to brag on me, but it's to brag on him. Because all the changes he's made in me is all due to God. And I thank him every day for it. I thank him I'm not where I used to be. I thank him I'm not who I used to be. I thank him for that. Thank you for all of your love and your support. It means more to me than you will ever know. I hope you have an amazing day. And I will see you in the next one. Bye, y'all.